0: And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here I am and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For it is surely not the angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And then there's also a couple of verses just over the page. So Hebrews 4.14. So if you turn over to 1204, and it's the little 14 at the top of the left-hand side. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need.
1: Uh, Morning, everyone. If we've... uh not met. I'm Johnny. I'm one of the pastors here at the gate. If we have met, then you'll likely know that as a person, I don't easily do things by halves. I'm a kind of all or nothing kind of guy. People are laughing because they know that all too well. And so when it comes to Christmas, we have a rule in our house that there are no decorations, no festive playlists, no Christmas films until the 1st of December. I don't care if it's snowing and it's Saturday outside. If it's November, there's nothing. It's not Christmas. But man, come the 1st of the month, right, I turn into some festive fiend, like somewhere between Buddy the Elf and Bublé. So last week, when Becky rightly kind of noted that it was the first Sunday of Advent, despite being the 28th of November, I was hardly cracking out the mince pies. However, I'm very happy to announce from the rooftops that Christmas has, at least by my reckoning, officially begun. Historically, um, Christians have called this kind of time in the build-up to um, uh, Christmas Advent. Um, Advent is essentially a time of waiting, waiting for hope um, and uh, light in a world of much despair and much darkness. And of course, our our wait kind of comes to an end on Christmas Day when we celebrate the reason for hope and light in the world, namely the arrival of Jesus Christ, God Himself in human flesh. He, uh, He calls, the Bible calls him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now perhaps if you've grown up, at least in this country, you might have kind of got used to the idea of God becoming human. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem odd to you in any way. You've just heard it so many times. But just think about it afresh this morning. God himself <laughs> becoming a human being who walked and talked, who laughed and lay down to sleep, who wept and went to the loo. I mean, it's pretty Mad. So mad, I would suggest, in fact, that a few centuries after Jesus, the Roman Empire called Christians atheists because they worshipped a man and not a god. Ironic, really, seeing as they also worshipped Caesar, who wasn't God. But by the by, the Christian claim was, and still is, that this man, Jesus, was God. Fully God and fully man. And this is the mystery that we celebrate each year at Christmas, that God himself was born to a teenage girl and her fiancé in a near-eastern stable under the stars of Bethlehem. And when we do stop and think about how crazy that is, just for a second, the obvious question is this, why did God become a human? Why did he become the man, Jesus Christ? And that's going to be the question that we're just going to briefly think about this morning as we kick off Advent. But before we do, I just want to clear something up which might be a bit muddled in our mind, which is that the Bible claims that Jesus existed eternally, right? He didn't come into existence when he was born to Mary and Joseph. No, no, no. We learn from God's word that God is a divine community who has lived eternally Father, Son, and Spirit, with God the Son here being the one that we're talking about. He is equal with God, fully God, and he has existed perfectly and eternally with him in perfect union and communion, but just over 2,000 years ago, God the Son put on flesh, Philippians 2 says Jesus though being in the very nature God took the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness why why did god the son become a human being why christmas why Well, I think the answer comes in the first reading that Nikki just read for us in Hebrews 2. Please have that open. If you've closed your Bibles, 1,202. Um, Just above that chapter 3 there, you'll see verse 17, which I think gives us an answer. This is the only verse that's going to be on the screen. Um, For this reason... There you go. He had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that, here we go, he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. So there's our answer. He became fully human in every way in order to become our great high priest. Are we satisfied with that? Job done. Go home? Perhaps not. What is a great high priest? What's it got to do with Christmas? Why did God become human? Same question again. Well, let me give you my summary answer from this verse and then tell you how I, how I got there. Um, I, think, I think this teaches us that God became a human, first of all, so that he could perfectly take away your, our sins. Secondly, he became a human so that you can persevere through all trials and temptations all the way to heaven. Confused by that? You're like, where would you get that from in that verse? Uh, well, let's, let's dive in. Let's look at number one, which I think is a bit more clear. God the Son became a human so that he could perfectly take away our sins. You see, with this talk about Jesus becoming a human to be our high priest, we have to understand what a high priest in the Old Testament did, because that's what it's referring to. The high priest represented God's people before God. He was, if you like, the touch point between heaven and earth, where, where, where God met humanity. He was that touch point. And as such, one of their key responsibilities was to follow God's instructions as to how to cleanse people from their sins. Because God is perfectly pure... In order to meet with and relate with human beings, human sin has to be gotten, away, gotten, gotten, gotten rid of. And sin requires God's judgment. So God commanded the high priest to take a goat without defect and kill it as a sacrifice for the people's sins. That is, the animal died in place of the people. It received the punishment so that the people would go free. You see, God has always, always, always been a gracious God whose intention is to forgive people fairly by providing a substitute instead of them. And because of his commitment to both justice and forgiveness, a few chapters on in Hebrews 9 says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. And it was the job of the high priest to do this, to perform these animal sacrifices which secured human forgiveness. And even as I say it there, you can probably hear there's something wrong there. Animal sacrifices, human forgiveness. You see, how can an animal be an adequate substitute for a human being? And how can a human high priest who was himself sinful adequately represent people before a holy God? In both instances, it's apples and pears. And so the Bible teaches that the Old Testament high priests and their animal sacrifices simply served as a little window into what God would one day do, beginning in a little town called Bethlehem. And what did he do? Well, back in Hebrews 2, verse 17, look at it again. For this reason, Jesus had to be made like them fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Do you see? Jesus was made fully human in order to become our high priest who didn't offer an inadequate sacrifice of an animal to take away sins. No, on the cross, Jesus offered himself He was both the high priest offering the sacrifice and he was the sacrifice itself, the substitute who bore the just punishment of God against human sin. But you see there, to do this perfectly, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. He had to be born to a woman as a baby to grow into a man in this real world that we call home. If he wasn't human, his sacrifice would not be sufficient for the sins of human beings like you and like me. Only because, <clears throat> only because Jesus was human could you and I be truly free from the punishment that our sins deserve. But, on the flip side, if Jesus was only human and not also fully God, that too wouldn't work. Because if he were only fully human he too would need his sins taken away. The only way for a sacrifice for sin to be perfect was if it was the sacrifice of a sinless human being, fully God and fully human. And this is what Jesus was. In one sense, this is what we celebrate at Christmas. This was why God became human, so that he could be your true high priest, perfectly adequate to take away your sins. This means that human beings like you and me, despite our sins and failings and imperfections, can be at one with God. That's what that word there in verse 17 means, atonement, literally at one So that now for all those who put their trust in Christ all of our sins have been taken away from us past, present and future and we can enjoy unhindered union and communion with God as our Father just like God the Son has done for all of eternity. Look at verse 11 of chapter 2. We read there that now because Jesus shares our humanity quote, he is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Isn't that amazing? Brother Jesus Jesus The man who was God. So why why Christmas? Why did God the Son become a man? Well, so that sin, so that that sin or those things that you did in your past that keep you up at night, well, do you know what? God sees them no more and never will see them ever again. For some, you might just fear that the sins of today or this week, which just clings so tightly and you just can't seem to shake it no matter how hard you try well do you know what God has dealt with those sins too by becoming a human and dying for them on the cross so that this might seem like a curveball verse 15 of chapter 2 you would no longer fear death you're like what was death got where did that come from well we fear death don't we because we know that our sins deserve judgment We fear death because we know that we should get what we deserve. And yet, God, because he became a human to take that judgment from you, well now, beyond the grave, there is no punishment that awaits you. Only everlasting glory and joy with your father God and your brother Jesus. God the Son was born so that you would never fear dying. What love God has shown us. God became human, we could say, Because he loves you. He crossed heaven and earth so that he could take away your sins. He didn't have to, but he did because he loves us. This is what Christmas has achieved for us. Freedom from sin, judgment, and fear of death. So that's the first point. Second point, Jesus became a human so that we can persevere through all the trials and temptations all the way heaven. I think that's the longest point I've ever made in the sermon. Um, It's a mouthful, isn't it? But it's so important. You see, Christians, I think, often emphasize rightly what Jesus did for us in the past when he died on the cross. Great, that's good. But sometimes we neglect to talk about what Jesus is doing for us this very moment. And again, to grasp this, we have to understand another key part of the Old Testament high priest's role, which was... To represent the people by carrying their burdens before God. To intercede for them. That's to pray for them. They were the people's advocates. They were the people's pastors, if you like. Which, without fail, would represent their, people, their, their, their people's cries before God. And God would always hear them. And you won't be surprised that as our ultimate high priest, this is exactly what Jesus is doing for us right now. Have a look at verse 10 of Hebrews 2. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation, that's Jesus, perfect through what he suffered. Made Jesus perfect through what he suffered. What does that mean? And what's that got to do with anything? doesn't mean that Jesus wasn't perfect before he suffered. Well, of course, this doesn't, it's not talking about Jesus' moral purity as if he needed to be made perfect in that sense. No, no. What this is saying is that in order to be our perfect high priest, in order to carry our burdens and sufferings before God the Father, Jesus himself had to be human. He had to be made perfect in that way. He had to suffer so that he could empathize mercifully with us human beings because he was one of us. How could Jesus empathize with us? How could we have a high priest who could fully understand the trials and temptations and the everyday gripes of being a human if he himself were not a human being? He wouldn't be able to. But instead, have a look at verse 18 of chapter 2. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So, in this sense, Jesus was made perfect for us. He was made the perfect high priest for us as human beings by being made human. And this idea is picked up further in the second passage that Nikki read. Just flick over to 1024. And at the top there, you'll see uh, verse 14 onwards. I'm just going to read that. Um, It says, Therefore. So what is Jesus, our human high priest, doing right now? Well, he is ascended in heaven as a man, sitting at the right hand of God. And a few chapters on, in, in chapter 7, we're told that this man, Jesus Christ, is there interceding daily for us, bringing our names before God the Father, who he has sat next to, spiritually speaking. And what is he saying? Is he mocking how sinful and weak we are as human beings? Well, no. See there in verse 15, we have a great high priest who empathizes with our weaknesses, sufferings, and temptations because he knows what it's like to be human. He himself suffered to carry the sufferings and the sins of all who would call on him before God the Father, who always answers to his Son. This is why God the Son became a human, so that as our human high priest, who empathizes with and intercedes for us, we too can persevere through all manner of human trials and temptations all the way to heaven. Because we have this human high priest who empathises with our humanity. Because Jesus knows what it's like to lose friends and family. Because he knows what it feels like to be deserted by his friends or rejected by his family. Because he knows what it's like to be tempted towards sin. Because Jesus knows what it feels like to experience homelessness and hunger and cold. Because he knows what it feels like to experience the abuse of another human being because he knows what it feels like to be so tired in the morning, to barely be able to lift your hands and hearts to pray, because he himself knows what it feels like for his own body to give way under death. Verse 16, let us therefore approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Do you see? Do you see the logic there? you see that in order for us to persevere through the trials and temptations of life as a human, we need a high priest who himself is human and so can empathize with those very things that we experience on a day-to-day basis. One who this very moment is carrying our burdens and struggles before God the Father. You see, knowing that Jesus, to quote the song that we've just sung, Walked my road and felt my pain, the joys and sorrows that I know so well. Well, knowing that is powerful to persevere me through the joys and sorrows all the way to heaven. This is why God became a human being that very first Christmas. So we could have a high priest made perfect for us, for you and for me. But you'll remember with Jesus' death that it was just as important that Jesus was fully God (laughs) as he was fully human. And the same is true here. In that key verse, verse 15, about Jesus' humanity, did you see what was tucked away right there at the end? Okay, yes, he was fully human, he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he didn't sin. That is, that he was fully God. And this is important because, yes, Jesus' humanity is powerful to persevere us through trials and temptations, but which human being has ever gone through suffering without, while fully trusting God? Which human being has ever resisted sin when tempted every time? The Bible tells us, none of us, none of us, apart from one, Jesus Christ. And that's because he was fully God. God. It's important because when we inevitably fail and sin, Jesus remains our representative before God. And as such, because he is sinless, both he and therefore we remain secure in God's love with no fear of punishment. The Bible talks about people who put their trust in Jesus as being, I quote, in Christ And because Christ is currently in perfect union and communion with God the Father, well, if by faith you are in Christ, then you too are in perfect union and communion with God the Father, despite our ongoing sin which rolls along. And all of this was made possible because of the first Christmas. God's purpose in becoming a human being was that you could persevere all the way to heaven knowing that you have a merciful human high priest who empathizes with your struggles and who took away your sins so that you could enjoy perfect relationship with God and with Jesus as your representative before him. That's why Christmas is just the best news ever. Well, as I close, I just want to ground this and what this might actually look like in practice. What does this look like in life tomorrow morning? If we don't get practical, I don't think we'll ever know the joy of Christmas for what it truly is, or the joy of what God has done for us in becoming a human. So I know that there are people here who are suffering terrible, terrible things. I also know that there are people here of whom I don't know are suffering things that I have no idea about. The scars of abuse, grief over loved ones, the anxiety of another hospital appointment this week. Friends, what does the joy of Christmas mean for you? What does God's becoming a human being mean for you? It means that you have a representative in heaven who knows exactly the pain that you feel because he himself has experienced it. It means that when you inevitably fail to trust him with your life and your suffering, you have the sinless son of God in heaven who is for you what you could never be and who can always present you perfectly before God the Father. And because that is true, you can trust him. Do you trust him? Awkward. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> but may- 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 maybe this is the first time you've ever heard the good news of Christmas. Up till this point, you thought that the glad tidings were all about stocking fillers and mince pies. Well, it's far better. It's far better. Wouldn't it be amazing if this year was the first year that you celebrated the best Christmas present you could ever get? God himself as your friend and father. Christmas has achieved that for you. Whoever you are, whatever you've done. Well, there are others here who feel like they're just, they've been a Christian for a while, but you know what? They're just losing the battle against sin. They are, they are falling for its lies every day. They don't even feel like a, Chris, a Christian anymore. The festivities, you will know, do not stop porn addictions. They do not stop another fight with your spouse. They do not stop that anger that just seems to chip away from inside of you and just comes out at random times. They do not stop. The struggles that we have with sin as believers. Now, if that's you, hear the joy of Christmas for you. Jesus became a human being so that every one of the sins that you commit in your human body daily were put away in the human body of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Every single one. Not only that, you have a representative in heaven who experienced every temptation to sin that you experience, and yet he did not sin. Therefore, through your faith in him, you are described as in Christ, so that his perfection before God the Father has become your perfection before God the Father. Your confidence before God does not depend on how strong you are in the fight, but on the one who never sinned. Not only that, knowing that Jesus experienced every temptation you have, empowers you in the fight to no longer live for sin but for God because your affections for him are now set aflame. This is what Christmas has achieved for you. And finally, there are are people here, I know, experiencing huge doubts about their faith. And when this is true for us, we often look deep, we look deep, we try and conjure up that strength of conviction that we once had. And yet, because God the Son became a human being, you have a high priest who empathises with your weakness and doubts. He loves you. Not only that, because he is your representative before God the Father, your standing before him doesn't depend on how strong your conviction in God or in Christ is. You are liberated to be weak and dependent, to experience doubt and to ask of Him the questions which plague you, because as a merciful high priest, you are in Him as He sits at the right hand of God the Father. How is that for sure footing when the rest of your world feels like it's falling down? That's what Christmas has achieved for you. Do you see how immensely practical? How life transforming Christmas truly is forgiveness of sins perfect standing with God the Father liberation to be weak and dependent, a loving saviour to look to when life feels overwhelming and the power to persevere all that is possible because God the Son became a human being in Jesus Christ at the first Christmas and he lives and reigns now interceding for you good news. Shall I pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, our affections are so dulled. We forget the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ every day. We're lured into thinking other things are better. Father, we are struggling and suffering and sinful, and yet you call us forgiven loved, cherished. Lord Jesus, you empathize with us, sitting at the right hand of the Father, praying for us, knowing that you will get your people to the end through all manner of trials and temptations. And Father God, this Christmas, we praise you afresh. We praise you afresh. And we say thank you. Thank you for doing this for us. Amen.